Episode 20 of Honestly Unbalanced, and we're chatting to someone that brings so much happiness wherever they go. That's Darren James. Darren brings that joy through yoga, music, and performance. Yoga's been a big part of his life for about 10 years, and he's taught festival studios around London and various international spaces. And he's also a DJ and entertainer. He's played palaces, festivals, clubs, castles, across oceans and stages to showbiz glitterati and the most discerning musical ears. Uh, He's a bouncy, fun, interactive, high-vibe guy and silliness is guaranteed to be the order of the day whenever you're around him. Enjoy, guys. I really think actually this podcast will be really useful for so many people in so many ways. Uh, And if you enjoy it, uh, please give us a little rating or review or share with your friends. Whether you're practicing at home or back in studios, you probably want your own mat and why not choose the best mat? For me, that is a lifeform mat. I've used them forever, it seems. Uh, And with code THEHUSTLERS, you get 10% off and we get a little kickback. So head to the website, lifeform, and use that code. Honestly unbalanced. So you've been many things. You are many things even currently. So what would you call yourself now? You know, it's so when people ask me, what what do you do? Mm. Um, I, ha- like, I hate this question as well. It's eggy because I do so. I'm a bit of a... <laughs> eggy? What's know, eggy? eggy? What's eggy? Have you not heard eggy before? Have <laughs> you not heard eggy? It's like when it's just a bit uncomfortable, a bit yeah, awkward. Not the know? one. <laughs> because I don't want to like list off like a whole like ream of, well, I do this, 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 this. It, it, it sounds a bit facetious, but I am, I guess for me, I am a bit of a Gary have a go, but... Everything I've not heard that, that I have ha- to say H- Gary have a go well I think I just made it up okay. so uh, you can copyright but I um it all exists in the universe of um things that I am trained in that um that I'm called to that is you know stuff that I'm also capable at mm. so it, it all kind of exists in the same world so you know, I'm an I'm an actor, a dancer, a choreographer, um, a yoga teacher, a DJ, a singer, a writer. Um, I've done TV presenting. Mm. Um, I do drag, Love. but it's all creative stuff. It's all it's all like you know, it all kind of it's all just mm. part of the under same the same thing, umbrella. Really. Darren, have you uh, ever have you yeah. ever had a conventional job? I cannot imagine you sat in an office in a suit please tell me please tell me that's happened at one point in your life and tell us okay, everything about the, it right the, 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 so the the reason why i dj now is because conventional jobs were just not the one for me mm. um, but okay i mean i actually had a paper round when i was younger which uh used to help pay for my dance lessons and um so that was a conventional job and mm. i was like gosh how old was i like 13, 14, like getting up at yeah. the crack of dawn in the north, oh, in God. the cold. Wow. I grafted to um, mince about. You wanted to and, dance. Um, what else have I done? Hang I on, how, used, was, I how, did... how was mincing about in the north at 14? <laughs> oh, oh, well, 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 it was... Um... Are we going there? Are we going there? <laughs> okay, right into the, uh, to the fun bit. Well, it was, I'm from a mining town in Yorkshire. And um, so very kind of Billy Elliot, but actually I think <laughs> more. This is pre-Billy Elliot though. I did it first. Right. Um, You're the original Bill. The original Bill. Um, you know, the men there are like men and yeah. very repressed and masculine. And they talk like that. And they were the, the deepest voice. I'm not even joking. I am, This is how, this is literally the reality. And it's like, you know, the group bites some bigger and the play rugby, oh, you know. And I was like, hi, here I am. <laughs> um, and was just, yeah, I was unlike anybody um, in our family or really there um there was nobody on tv or music or i I guess the the, my grandmother was very glamorous Mm. i kind of i was you know drawn to her her like how you know fun and fabulous she was in how she put Mm. herself together and she was very warm and my granddad was um 
wonderful. He would read lots of stories to me and things like that. And so I found my magic through books and adventure and things like that. But, you know, there was nobody, there's certainly no boys that were quite feminine. Mm. Or, um, and I consider myself gender fluid now, which is something I've always known intrinsically, but I didn't know a, a word for it mm. until, you know, all of these different... And these words are kind of helpful for teaching others about our identity. And the way I've always seen it, I mean, people knew before I did that I was gay. Mm. People would ask me in the street, are you a boy or a girl? Um, And it would always be used with an accusatory tone. It was Mm. always um, a bad thing to be a boy or a man that is feminine, that Mm. is emotional, that is creative, that um, all of those things. So... Yeah, it wasn't um, very fun from mm. the ages of six to 16. I was as young as quite six. Below- Did you say from six? From six to six. So as really soon young. as I was in school. Yeah. As soon as I was in school, basically. So mm. as soon as I was amongst other children, because everybody is a, a product of their surroundings and their family. And, you know, everyone's brought up in these very northern, very working class, um, very stereotypical male and female Mm. roles and so the girls didn't want to play with me because I wasn't a girl Mm -hmm. because I was still a boy so I wasn't girly enough and then the boys didn't want to because I was so girly so it was like I was just in this weird like middle town um and you know this the whole like you know you've been born gay there's there is a gay voice and a gay face like you know when you have got that feminine energy and it's like in your genes you Mm. know we sound different. We, we, we look different. So I, I was very obviously screaming queer, and, mm. you know, and that just wasn't anything that was, there wasn't anyone else like that mm. in this tiny little mining town. And there wasn't, nobody was out in the eighties in media. There was, this is even before like Elton John or Boy George or George Michael or any of those people were out of, uh, had come out yeah the first person that came out i think in the media properly was stephen gately which was like 96 he was something. my first love as well i was like oh, oh my god stephen gately as well oh, and i was never gonna marry him stephen gately came out before the elton john etc he seems much younger uh, yeah he? it was like elton was kind of like everyone knew but like he was the first one that was kind of on my radar in my world of, yeah. like at that age i think but it was also never really seen on TV. I, no, I remember seeing Lily Savage on TV mm. um, and being like, wow, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and being a bit like confused as what was going on, but knowing that whatever that was that was going on, I was drawn to it mm-hmm. and I knew that it was like my thing. I remember seeing the ballet on TV and that's what um, took me into, I, I, I saw a ballet on TV and I was like, I want to do that. And I was very young, I was mm-hmm. like four. And my family were like, oh, no, you're not doing that. Ballet's for puffs. Um, and I just um, went on and on and on and basically bullied them until they <laughs> sent mm. me to ballet class. Mm. And they thought, oh, no, he, you know, he won't um, he won't stick at it. You know, kids have fads and stuff like that. But, of course, I did and I loved it. And I mm. was naturally very adept at it. And that was um, my that was my safe space where I could, you know, I could mince around the room and I had a space to be myself yeah. like that. And it was always me and just girls. I was always the only boy, but that also meant that I was at the front in the middle for all of the routines. That's, so that that's was, why you did it, isn't it? Which I thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> um, so that was really good. But yes, yeah, school was, um, back to what you're saying, Adam, school was very hard. I moved high school three times because of bullying. Oh my God. There's lots of, um, just a very archetypal gay boy story really that you know is you know I was lots of name calling lots of um, I would have to sit on my own at lunch and beaten up after school and all sorts of so yeah it wasn't fun and it was always used my my sexuality was always thrown against me and hurled against me as though there was something wrong with me Mm. um so people you know kids would be like you're gay you're getting all this before i even knew what it meant myself Mm. before i'd even started puberty so even though i had been born that way before your you know your sexy genes kick in or your hormones um i didn't really understand it i mean when they did and then i was like oh i can't shower with the boys (laughs) 
because <laughs> you know i'm gonna get excited <laughs> and um this is gonna make it even worse so i had to i couldn't play pe with like the i was like oh i'm not playing pe with the boys and things like that because i had i got myself out of it that way i said it was because of dancing i also didn't want to because mm. those those that i mean the lads you know they are rough mm. throwing each other around i was like I can't because I'm going to go be a dancer in London and, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt myself and all this, which is like, you know, so gay, but actually true. And that is actually what transpired. So Mm -hmm. if I had broken a leg and you know what, they were already like, they already had enough spaces in which to pick on me. Mm -hmm. If I was out on a rugby field or a football field to give them that opportunity to like mess with me up even more, that's not the one. So I actually think it was a good call. This is kind of non-linear. But all of like, starting like the really engaged, thinking I'm going to do this ballet no matter what anyone thinks. I'm doing it because I want to mm. do it and being really determined. Mm. And then doing the things that, as you said, would be like extra ammunition or, you know, for mm. the bullies. How mm. do you think that put you in kind of good stead for then your future like now? Like pushing through things and getting, doing the things you really like want to do. Like we had a conversation over the weekend, which I won't say what it was about, but <laughs> yeah. clearly it's something that you want to do and you're like going for it. Like, do you think all of that put you in good stead for that? If it can, it, abso- it absolutely did because um, because I had no choice because I was so gay and so flamboyant naturally. Um, I was like, even at school, I was like, well, I'm I'm going to wear a Spice Girls t-shirt and I'm going to dye my hair purple. And I'm going to do what I want because I'm already the freak and the weirdo. <sighs> so, you know, you already don't like me. So I'm just going to do my thing. Um, and because I was dancing, because I was so naturally gifted at it which is amazing and i also worked very hard at it i would always win like the top marks and the awards and get the trophies and things like that so that gave me confidence in myself and then getting out of where i was and i got a scholarship to a stage school in london um which was wonderful so achieving something like that from where i'm from and making that happen pretty much by myself you know, I would take myself to my dance classes and all of that business. Um, and took, you know, I, I applied to stage school myself and took myself down there for my auditions and put everything together. Um, and doing that and achieving that, which was the dream. And I was like, well, I can do anything. Mm. Mm. I made that happen. I got out of there. And then like, when you like, I think it's like anything it, as, when you achieve things and dreams that you put your mind to, um, then it gives you confidence in yourself, doesn't it? And it mm. builds your self-esteem. Um, so I have put that to everything else, but I, I really kind of had a breakthrough this year with, um, you know, as a performer and an artist, I've always kind of worked with other people's work. And then this year I've been wanting to step into the role of creating my own stuff more and more. And it's just really stepping into that fear. And what I find is anything that really scares me is usually the things that I grow the most from and the mm. things that I really want to do, actually. Mm. And even if when I step into those creative spaces, everything, if things aren't, um, if the quality control, let's say, isn't necessarily up there to my standards of what I deem I want it to be just stepping into that space and moving into a space already like gets the ball rolling, things start happening. Um, And then I feel like, Oh, okay. And then it's, um, and that's so freeing. And it's just, I, when, when you're like the joke for most of your life and people still do like laugh at me, Mm. (laughs) like I will like, and laugh at me, not with me. And that's Um, that's in in London as well. That's quite unbelievable. Yeah. Like sometimes even like in really like subtle ways, like the subtle, like low levels of homophobia and things like that, where Mm. I will walk into a room and people like laugh because I'm like so gay, Mm. which, you know, but you've also got to be like, well, I am, and I am quite fun and fabulous and silly in myself. And I call it like sacred silliness really. And I own that. And um, you've got to not take everything so seriously, including mm. yourself mm. and including, and so including my art and my creation and what I do, it's like, well, you know what? I don't know how long I'm here. So I might as well just mm. do the passion things and the things that I love and go for it and exactly. have a go, Gary, you know. <laughs> when did you when did you come up with the sacred silliness idea as a concept? Sacred, the sacred silliness. S- sacred silliness was, um, 
<laughs> I I actually I didn't come up with it myself, but I'm sharing it on this side of the pond. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful chap that I met in LA, and he said, and I was like, yes, and he was uh, a, a great he was just everything that he approached was with joy and in finding making it fun and i think you can do that with everything even in like the sad times and especially in the sad times and the hard times um it's important and play is so important and for us to engage with that child and use that that fun creative energy and because it's, uh, I, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's like a key to all the, the fun and the magic and the love and, mm. um, yeah. We need more Darrens. We need more Darrens well, in the world. Oh, oh, we need more Hollies and Adams <laughs> as well. Darren, can I ask, did you did you yes. ever go through a period of pretending to be someone that you're not? Because I could never imagine you holding back or being anything other than yourself, you know, fully and completely. So has there ever been a time, you know, given that you grew up in a small mining town, did you ever feel the need to suppress yourself or shy away from who you are? Or did you always just own it? Oh, Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's like... I, I, okay, so one thing that I did, I have like kept hidden, I guess, away from, um, I mean, my family, I guess, they didn't know that I did this and most people didn't. In my like very close circles and especially my gay friends would know that I've really been um, a cross-dresser since I was like two years old. Since two. Um, With playing with makeup and um, girls' clothes and jewellery and things like that. And it would always, you know, I would go out now and again. I've been doing it for, gosh, years, like 20, ever since I've been in London, really. Mm-hmm. We'd go out on gay nights out and dress up a little bit, put a wig on and some heels and a dress. And, you know, it was pretty dodgy, some of the looks. But, <laughs> you know, it was fun. And I kept that hidden away because there is a lot of internalized homophobia on the gay scene. And there's a lot of all, all these sort of things, like what I spoke about earlier, going as a child growing up around a lot of homophobia and people using it as a weapon against you and telling you that it's using it as it's a bad thing with negative um, Mm -hmm. intonations that builds up all this shame inside of you. And so they're already, you're already being shamed by society for being a man that has feminine um, energy. And I think a lot of that comes from, the patriarch where a lot of straight men aren't allowed to also show emotions mm-hmm. and that a be a man, man up, all these things, don't cry. All mm-hmm. And so that is internalized yeah. and that makes them feel anger. And, you know, and then when they see two boys um, together and they're doing that and they've been told that's wrong, it's like a whole like... Yeah, it's like wiring, isn't it? Of, yeah, and mm. it's um, so then talking about the gender fluidity and that whole thing so then in a gay space there's all these like fetishes of gay men who are mask who are like who, who are str- like straight masculine presenting and um and so that the, the, you know they uh, like it's all these like weird internalized homophobia type things and i was honestly like i just thought I've had so much judgment already. I can't be dealing with being judged for that. And I thought, you know, if that's all out in the open, I might not find a boyfriend because they're going to judge you. And and that because that is a very real thing. They do judge you and people do judge you uh, because people don't understand it. People don't understand. Um, sexuality is one thing for people to understand. And then um, gender fluidity is another and like trans people and all these different like energy binaries that we're on and all the different, marvelous wonderful ways in which we're different types of humans so i understand why it's um difficult for everyone to get their head around um it's a learning process and it it has been for me but step but actually watching rupaul's drag race and seeing those girls um create a space where they're so celebrated within Mm -hmm. the um the mainstream sort sort of narrative um really gave me like confidence to be like you know what i'm gonna put that out there and put her out there and be it's just about being 100 percent authentically yeah. yourself mm-hmm. and that is just a side of me that i wasn't 
that did, everybody didn't know about really mm. um so that is um really really freeing yeah. and hugely empowering because yeah. i'm like well you know what this is me and it's fabulous and that feminine energy is like so incredible to yeah. me and so so it's like to keep it like hidden away and to like no it's Just like it's wrong. yeah so isn't it it's I, so sad I, sorry I was gonna, you're not it's not only that you've not hidden away now you're now taken to stage aren't you yes i'm yeah well i'm like well you know because it's it's just so fun creatively to be able to be like, well, I'm going to do, I'm doing I'm, all the things like how we said before, I don't know many mediums where I can do lots of them like that together. Mm. And I also throws in doing hair and makeup and, um, you know, learning about corsetry and <laughs> I have to learn to sew. That's one thing I don't know yet, but all <laughs> these different little creative things yeah. that I can play around with. And, um, and yeah, it's just a, a really, it's really fun to it's a really fun wonderful thing to do and you know i get to dress up like fabulous women and mm. just you know that whole it's just um it's so empowering it's such a different energy yeah um and i i, I bring that like feminine energy even when i'm just like myself and i'm doing things but there's just something like transcendent when you've got that wig on and those heels and you're snatched and that makeup you just feel you feel like a superhero mm. <laughs> and i feel like i can do anything and um and i get to play it being a pop star and yeah. you know and that whole thing and it's just like and i just love being it's like stepping into and just owning your power it is and it's something that allows me to do that yeah. and to hold it's something that allows me to hold space it gives me confidence it's like mm. battle armor almost to hold space like that um and that's something that i love to do whether i'm holding space for yoga or for like crowds when i'm djing or if i'm singing or i'm dancing or you know comedy or anything like that i just love holding space for joy i love making people laugh and entertaining people and making people feel good because mm. that in turn makes me feel good um and i think that's my purpose whilst i'm here i love that how do you deal with uh judgment and negative comments and things like that now that has been a journey also mm. <laughs> and um where you know you you know you have this stereotype of gay men's uh, is a stereotype because it exists because a mm. lot of stereotypes exist for a reason because a lot of the time they're true where gay men can be bitchy and they come back with things and drag queens come back with things mm. that is a byproduct of people being at them and then being like right well i'm going to come back with something quick and snappy and, yeah. you know it's like a protection um, almost it's a protection yeah. and it's um and it builds um some great comedy chops yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but it would always but it would make me feel icky inside you know that like funny little icky feeling that we get in the pit of our stomach yeah. when we know that like something we're doing or saying does not um does not line up with our morals or yeah, you know yeah. our purpose our ethics all that um so when people sh would shout things out i would either like feel shame or i would go to a place of well what's wrong with them look at them blah, 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 blah. and i would like have this like reactionary negative inner voice which would judge them back mm -hmm. because I was hurt and I was so triggered. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, I'm through like my yoga and all, all of that, you know, when you practice yoga, you, 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 you deal with your, your, you sit with your emotions and your empathy. And well, I know I do mm. um, so much more. And I realized that that's not me. And I don't like that version of me. And I don't like that voice. So I was like, I had to be like, well, Where's that all coming from? And, you know, and with um, therapy mm -hmm. and um, yoga and I um, some sobriety, which I did for like 10 months last year, which was super helpful alongside therapy. I really like delved in and just ironed a few things out that just weren't like working for me anymore and just weren't cute. And um, mm -hmm because I was getting anxious as well because and this all it all sprung up this wasn't a problem really again until a few years ago two years ago where we were, I was at um secret garden party festival um which is a wonderful festival and, I might have been um, there I might have been, been there with you yeah and <laughs> um, I was yeah I think you might have, you might have been and um I was with Jonas my fiance um 
And at the time, we were we had just become boyfriends and we told each other we loved no we hadn't told each other we loved each other yet <laughs> but we, we became boyfriends um and it was a very magical space um and place secret garden party mm. festival and we always always used to go with all of our friends um and you know newly in love and it was all so wonderful and we're having like a a lovely little kiss under this tree and then somebody comes up and punches us both in the face <gasps> and calls us d- dirty faggots oh my god and this is like a very kind of middle class hippie sort of festival. It's quite a nice. You think it's quite a nice thing. It's space. super nice, but isn't not, it? Not, not to say that middle class people can't be the worst and don't have the low level homophobia because they can. <laughs> yeah. but, so, oh um, yeah. But um, yeah, for something that outwardly aggressive, it was. Um, yes, yeah, so that was just. Um, yeah, that and that kind of like set off. Um, it brought up a lot of anxieties from my childhood and things like that um, and left me feeling a bit on yeah. in social situations because I'm always I'm already aware um, that people you know we all kind of like look at people you know especially in London there's so many of us everyone's always has a little people watch and things like that but you will get the like really like disapproving looks and you, sometimes you get that or like the tuts mm-hmm. and like people looking you up and down like yourself and then people will shout things in the street and people say stuff and um so I, I i would find myself being in a social situation and looking around for the person that was giving me the negative energy mm. um if i was in like a busy thing i'd be like mm-hmm. okay who's judging me yeah like that um so that's why i was like this is like this is not good this is like you know this is causing me anxiety so that's why I did the sobriety alongside the therapy to kind of just I wanted to just be really present and not have anything in my um because we all know the different things that work for us to be our healthiest like truest self and Mm. everything you know but also like sometimes life is short have a glass of wine that Mm. whole thing but right then in that space I needed to do some really deep work and really untangle some stuff that was going on inside me so you know I was vegan I was like doing all the things I was doing all the things to be like you know Mm -hmm. have my sacred temple of space that I needed to do to just work on myself and um and it worked um but the, the thing that I found worked the most for me was changing the narrative um and retraining my brain so all the words so like queer and faggot and all these words that triggered me, I would I'd be like, faggot means special, queer means unique, um, all these things. So I would retrain them so that they were positive words for me. Mm-hmm. It was pos- all these. So I was like, I'm not having. No. I was like, no, no, I'm fabulous. I'm mm-hmm. wonderful. It's y'all that have got the issue. Yes, I've done the work. I've done the work on myself. I, and it was about loving myself more to kind of step into that space and go. No, no, no! You don't get to have that power over me because mm. I'm I'm a good person, and so those words, those are my words, and you can use them with that intent. But you know, you don't get to have me in your life, unfortunately, darling. <laughs> so you know, it's like, so boo, boo to you, poor you. And it's also you know, and it's like like with the Black Lives Matter thing, where white people we have to do the work, straight people have to do the work on their bias with queer people yeah. as well. Mm-hmm um that's their work to do I've, I'm, I'm i'm exhausted i'm 39 years old i've been mm. doing this my whole bloody yeah. life i'm like i can't be bothered with it anymore so you know and i do like little things i've got a scrabble necklace that my friend carla made me that says faggot on it which um <laughs> i wear and, I, and you see people special uh, yeah yeah and you see people look at it and you like, and people are like oh wow because it's like it's a strong Owning word it, yeah. yeah yeah and it's a strong word and to write it's a strong word and it's my word I love that that's Darren. my word so I'm owning it and so it's like you know it triggers people and they're like oh gosh and they see me wearing it in a on my chest in yeah. a proud way mm. so I'm being proud of these words I'm like mm. in the same way the n-word the black community mm. have re- retaken um and that was really and then it's like, you know, and it's also, you know, the love of a good man, my fiance, he has like held such space as well for me mm. to also be able to love myself. Mm. 
So now it feels like I'm covered in Vaseline and everything just, the judgment just thingies off. Flies off. But that's, that's taken, yeah. that's, it's taken, it's taken that. a long time, hasn't yeah. it, I guess? 39. 39. And, then, <laughs> and then the instigating moment with that moment at the festival. That was the, that was that a moment brought, that changed that, everything. That was the moment that brought everything back up and made things worse enough mm. for me to delve in to kind of iron it all out. So some, so a lot of good has actually come from it. Yeah. Um, what, and okay, what made you like from like being up north and stuff? I guess like mm. stuff like that might have happened. Unfortunately, stuff like that might have happened to you before. Like, mm. What made you feel kind of comfortable and ready? To, you know, to go down the route of like looking inwards and actually looking in and you know, seeking uh, someone to talk to, etc. What, 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 what about that time made you comfortable to go down that route of self inquiry? My anxiety had gotten really out of hand, and um, it was just too much, and mm. I just, I just couldn't, um, and I was. Um, you know, I just wasn't using the right tools to deal with it. And I wasn't being as good to myself as I could be. And it was, it was just too much. I was just in my head all the time. It's just all this constant stream of like, oh, do people like me? Am I being judged to people? And it's so boring, which I've like had a, a constant, the, the thing which we got, we got into with the therapy was this is a, this is something that I've had my entire life and something that was set as a child. And so these neural pathways are set in your brain. And then it's something that has been um, re-proven time and time again, because it happens time and time again, um, where people do things, where people attack you, people mm. say things, you know, and this isn't just, you know, I'm saying one thing, there's lots and lots of things that have happened. Um, so, it, you know, it gives fire to that, thinking mm -hmm. so so you you almost feel I almost I, I didn't know that that wasn't the truth it mm. was like oh that's just that's just is do you see that, that that's kind of just felt like how it how it was and this but the narrative got so the anxiety got, I was like oh, I have to do something about this mm. and Jonas guided me towards um some therapy some cognitive behavioral therapy to kind of just to kind of understand where it's all come from, to get a, get a handling on it, and then to um, step into it. But also the the stepping in, doing my drag, putting that out there, is like such a huge fuck you to um, <laughs> gender norms and societal constructs. Like drag is so punk rock. It's <laughs> like it's literally like, all right, well I'm a faggot. Well, listen, darling, I'm also a cross dresser, and you know I have, you know, and it's like. So it's hugely, it's empowering, and you know, it's so that's kind of given me, yeah. And it's it ha and you know, it's one of those things as you get older, and everyone says this to you, you give less of a fuck Shit. about what other people yes, think, you do. and it is true. Yeah. But it has, Adam, you are right. It has taken a long time. A long. It has taken time, and actually, you know what? We were just away on holiday in Broadstairs in Kent. We did a staycation, um, and we saw this gorgeous little boy his name was oliver he was four years old and he had an elsa um t-shirt on little bows in his hair and he had purple eye makeup on <laughs> and jonas was out there speaking to him and i was like oh hi hi how so nice to meet you and so i was there and i was alone <laughs> no he was with his uh, he was mum his, his mum saw that we were two gays yeah. and you know struck up a conversation with mm. jonas um, and Jonas was like, oh, you must meet this little boy. And he was obviously very um, gender fluid and, and um, you know, loved all of that. And I got him, I, w I went into the back into the shop and got him this pink, fabulous, glittery, um, spinny thing. And I was Aww. like, this is for you because special people deserve special things. Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> and he was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, I was like, oh, so which is your favorite princess? He was like, well, I've got all the dresses. I was like, you have not. I was like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh my God, and we were adorable. singing into the unknown and things like that. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's just about... You know, because I would have wanted to meet someone yeah. like that, that was like me, like that, to be like, it's okay, you're special, you're oh, amazing. You, ca you came into his that. life. You came into his life that day for a reason. He'll probably remember you forever. Well, I hope so. Well, who knows? Well, I hope he gets lots and lots of people. Yeah. And his mum was very lovely and, uh, you know, and it's a different society yeah. yes. now. So, I, you know, he's much more 
he'll be much more held, I yeah. think, um, by by uh, the world. Can you speak a little bit about CBT, like for people that haven't come across it? Because you kind of, you've yes. kind of alluded to it twice a little bit. That's cognitive behavioural yeah, therapy, so right? Cognitive behavioural therapy. It's like um, about retraining your neural pathways yeah. with like positive it's kind of like a bit affirmation-y mm-hmm. in like the wellness yoga thing that's kind of how i that's what i took from it but it was also um yeah so so, so i'd have like an, an anxiety journal and things like that um so w- whenever i thought something i would have to like go nope come on write write this down and like change the so it was just about changing the story changing the narrative and through you know, like, we all language. have that yeah it's like we all have that little voice mm. in yeah. our heads that goes you're not good enough you're looking fat you've oh you know some grays there nail patch on the ceiling you know i'm like listen listen i can hear you i can hear what you're saying but that doesn't mean i need to engage with sit you down. because you talk you talk too much and i'm like no 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 yeah darwin speak to us again about voice in head the, the voice in the voice is in my head. No, the, the specific voice in my head is my saboteur. Um, Does he have a name? That I, I be- No, I'm not going to give him. Not going to give him the privilege of a name. I think <laughs> no, you know, I should do though. You're right. I think you I made you made a good I- point. I was just going to say you made a good point about because I think a lot of people fall into the trap of hearing the voice and disowning it and being like no not listening to you ban the ego it's quite a big thing in the wellness yeah. industry or has been mm, but i think it's important mm. to give it a voice You've as well got a and voice, just haven't you hollow i've got a voice in the head what's yes. he called again yeah. he's called no, I, no it's not well first of all it's one definitely not dessert. man what? <laughs> you've got one that tells you to eat dessert shut up what's it, what are you doing what's it called <laughs> what are you on about Oh, John. Yes, oh, no, see? That's, that's another conversation for another time. That's, that's the no- oh, naughty John. John that tells me to eat all the cake. <laughs> oh, we like, but our naughty voices are quite fun. Yeah. I've got, I've got, yeah some, there's lot, some there's lots of voices in the head. And it's like you've just got to, it's like um, I always imagine them at a guest table and you kind of invite them in for tea, but you just don't give them centre stage all the time. You let them have their say. Yeah. And you say, sit down. I, cheesy as it is, love's taking the lead today. Joy's taking the lead today. Uh, it's yeah, just like being yeah. mindful, knowing they're there, but just... Um, yeah. yeah. How has I do like? You know, carry on. I do like the idea, like you said, of, gi- of giving um, my inner saboteur a name because then it takes it into the space of sacred silliness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and be, I mean, like, listen, whatever his name is, <laughs> listen, Dave. Bartholomew, Bartholomew. That would be Adam's one, um, Bartholomew. Speak to. Yeah, I, I was going to ask this question about like yoga because of course you practice yoga for a long time. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel? Because I think often the benefits of yoga, especially the more you practice it and the longer you practice it, kind of manifest in unexpected ways. Obviously bendier, yeah. stretchier, yada, yada. Uh, but also I think like maybe do you think yoga had a part in you being ready to dig deeper or at least oh, even considering you wanting to dig deeper and solve some of this stuff? Mm. Totally. It, it definitely, definitely did. And it also opened me up to um, like-minded, emphatic <laughs> people and to be around a lot of kind people who are also working on themselves and their journeys. And it brought into my life a whole other array of toolbox of self-care of different things that I now use um, to guide my way through life but I'm for me I'm very um I'm I'm busy I'm a busy person mm. like it's you know I constantly want to be entertained I want I'm like a child <laughs> I'm very right brain and creative so I find it hard to focus and um to just to be on one task but so it's like if I'm reading if I listen to classical music and read then I can concentrate but my right brain needs to be tricked into, it needs to be entertained for the left brain to focus. Mm -hmm. So meditation through movement works for me. It works wonders. Um, Or even a sound bath, if I'm, you know, sound journey, which Holly beautifully does. Mm -hmm. If I'm there, you know, I need, I need the music and the the sensory, like the smells and the touch. Mm -hmm. I need like lots of different things to kind of like, to take me to that place. So from that, you know, I realized I need more presence. I need more stillness, especially in a world of distraction, especially with like the internet and, you know, just like being in a a busy city where we're constantly bombarded with media and commercials and people selling us things and 
we're around other people's energy and um and i'm like a spider i feel everyone's energy and that's like great for holding space if everyone's like groovy and yummy but also you know if you're on the tube and people are like pushing and being rude things like that mm. that like it, it, like i feel it i feel like people's so yoga has been a tool which has allowed me to be present to practice stillness to switch off to also practice self-care and the, like the breath is like the main thing for me and and the movement and you know when i first started i had this very like you know professional dance mentality i want to do all the fun things i want to be the best at yoga mm. i want to be really stretchy and i'm going to go upside down and do this that and the other and then you know all of that um well uh, w w some some um injuries kind of went along with they ended up helping the ego out there mm -hmm. as they tend to do and got the ego out of the way with that whole thing and then you know the i realized that the actual the stillness and the um the breathing and just being there and that and that um it's just so it's it's really hard to kind of just um put it all into into words just how much of an impact it has made on my life and how much it continues to do so and and i you know i love it and i love sharing it as well um because mm, you teach as well yes yeah. and which i love and it's yeah yoga is great was, was, was teaching it because of course before that just to big you up a little bit like from what i know of your story you know you had like an mtv tv show you're like the lead entertainer at like massive mm. bar in London. You've done a lot. And then yoga appears. So you've, been, you've always been bringing joy to a lot of people through the work you do. Uh, but then also with yoga, I guess that's more explicit wellness industry, as it were. Like, yeah. was that your first step in the wellness industry? And then the second part of that question is, how has that teaching in the wellness industry, as it were, how has it affected what you do in other parts of your career? Mm. It really has, you know, actually, because um, it, 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 so, okay, so well, wellness, I mean, being, being from like a working class northern, like, I had no idea about any of that. I've never even heard of yoga. You know, it was all very, even like the food that we ate, you know, um, you don't have a broader understanding of what else is readily available for you that might be better for you, for your body um but i remember like being into crystals <laughs> i was like um younger when i was like in my teens and being drawn to that and being drawn to like anything magic and things like that and things that you know that were a bit what pe some people would consider woo um but what bring me joy personally and uh like ways for me to tools for me to be present and to connect to source and um so that was kind of like that and then yoga first of all I, I had well I was I'd been doing Irish dancing and I'd been traveling the world doing some wonderful Irish dance shows but it's so bad for your body mm. um and you are on the ball of your foot in these hard Irish shoes oh my gosh. and it's like that, like this oh, bone on bone ouch and Michael Flatley has had both his hips replaced at 40 <gasps> years old to give you an understanding of just how much wear and tear it, mm. it um, does on your body. I mean, I loved it though. I loved it. I was obsessed with Riverdance <laughs> as a kid and I did some fabulous huge stages and it was wow. exhilarating. But I had the worst shin splints mm. and um, lots of wear and tear. And so I went to Bikram, um, which was kind of like gateway yoga for me. But I didn't really resonate with Bikram because it was uh, a little bit too strict um the whole you know don't touch yourself don't do and the naughty little boy in me was like i want to touch myself and itch because you're telling me not to you know it's so it just, i can imagine um, you yeah I was like, naughty little face. Tell me what to do. um so it didn't feel authentic to me but i loved the effect it was having on my body and then i uh there was a wonderful wonderful studio that used to be in the camden stables um and they Alchemy. Um, and before no, that, Sangha. Sad, sad, before sad, Sadhanda, yeah. Okay. And uh, they had a wonderful like monthly offer on, which was quite reasonable for like where I was at the time. And um, 
where and they would have Jivamukti and mm. Iyengar and Ashtanga and Vinyasa. And then in the other room, they had lots of different wellnessy things like energy healing and all sorts of different stuff. So I would I went in there and I would like play around with all uh, different things. And that's when I really like sort of fell in love with it and all the different types. And then I spent time in India. I was dancing in Bollywood films in Mumbai. Oh. Right. Awesome. You don't know about this. I don't know about that. You always bought these new things out. Love it. Um, So, yeah, I was in Mumbai for a few months and I, you know, really fell in love with the people and um, the spirit and the smells and the sound and the colors and the Mm. culture. And when I came back, I wanted to go back. So I went back and spent some time in the South on holiday and traveled around. And that was wonderful. and I just had some real spiritual shifts in myself as well uh, of some things I saw out there and some kind of, you know, it, some, it was quite humbling, Yeah. Um, some of it for me. And then coming back, yeah, I just um, continued down alongside it. And then the ways that it has um, impacted the rest of my um, work is that it's made me a nicer person. Mm-hmm. It's made me a more compassionate person. It's made me, uh, which I think were, they were all kind of facets of me that were in there anyway. I think what, if you're somebody that's been bullied, um, you learn about empathy quite young. Um, and you either can kind of turn that in and internalize it into something not great, or you can externalize it into something beautiful and mm. try and be, make a change and be a force of good. Um, so it, it it enabled me to kind of do those things and also you know and then i would like get to go to like more wellnessy festivals and hear different types of music and um you know it's similar to like udaya which we've been at and mm. all the the wonderful different world musics and that you know i love music i'm a dj and a singer and um, so that all really it all kind of influenced each other and um so so the, you know being a, a kinder person like for instance being behind the dj booth there is nowhere on earth i would imagine other than dealing with maybe like toddlers or something where you have to practice more patience uh, really? because yeah. people are wild people are wild yeah when they've had a drink you know and they are not their best selves mm. and um and i don't always react as wonderfully as i would hope to but you know sometimes we also have to put up boundaries that is our self-care too Mm. um and so yes that and it's also you know morning gloryville which um i used to go to because i was into yoga and because that was another wellness space i end up going to their sort of their raves and enjoying all that and it's sober raving and being like open up to like cacao and all these mm. other different like things and meeting lots of really really groovy awesome people who are like you know being authentically themselves um in their different ways and you know they have like wonderful djs there and i would always, always be like oh i'd love to dj for them and now i do dj for them mm. so you know it's um it has uh and i also i dj at wonderment festival um and so lots of i've started to dj at like wellness things as well like yoga festivals as well as teach yoga there so mm. that's which i love if i get to go and teach yoga and dj it's like two of my favorite God, things. No, we are yet to come and see you dj and perform actually i hear such amazing things about you, you and must. um we need to we need to do this now that we've got no excuse Please. now can i i want to ask a bit of a you've got a, such a fun side to you that we know really mm-hmm. well I can't I can't imagine you like being really formal like hustling for business like you were doing so much and you got into so many festivals and yeah. the TV show and etc like where does that kind of corporate business minded sense come in like how hard um, you have to work to make all these things happen okay so, well it really starts from when I arrived in London um where you know i'd been through like a whole bunch and i realized that you realize as a performer and where i'm from you know if i if i want when i when i got to school at tally conti i was around rich kids 
and I wasn't a rich kid. And I was like, okay, I'm really different from everybody. I have, you know, I have to like, it, this is like, I want to make something of myself. I have to try and like, like not fit in, but I have to find a way to um, engage with everybody. Um, also, I'd, I'd ha because I had no friends, I didn't have the best social skills as a kid. I hadn't really developed all of those. So I, I, I've learned how to navigate myself in this world as a kind of shapeshifter to um, which are all facets of me to present myself to get to where I want to go. Um, one of the things that I did was I really softened my accent because I didn't like it. Mm. And I hated where I was from. I had such trauma from there. So I used to tell it like that. And, you Did know, you? Like, oh, I, uh, I love, AO, AO pub, I love that accent. It's friendly. I know, I know. She just loves it as well. And, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, I'm not going to get anywhere in life talking like that, darling, <laughs> talking like a potato farmer. So, you know, I was like, this isn't working for me. And I was at drama school where it's encouraged yeah. to kind of um, have a bit more of a neutral accent. And, you know, and it's like, you know, I get, I get booked by lots of very wealthy clients and things like that and it's all how you talk to people and like oh hello darling how are you oh, yeah. you know it's like it's another way of making people feel good about themselves mm. yeah. and just engaging and you know you know how you speak to your parents differently when you're around them yeah. or you act differently yeah. around your friends mm -hmm. I so you know when you're talking to me you're both friends and you're, you're if I'm talking to business people I will change it slightly but also, I know that my um, brand, if you like, is joy and is silliness and or, and fun. Yeah. I'm there to do those things. So you, you know, I'm quite like if I, I if I've got like sh I have like straight a my agents are straight, and I'm always like, hi, darling, you're like, darling. You know, <laughs> yeah. they love See. it. They're like so around so many like corporatey like mm. things all the time. I think people find it refreshing. You are refreshing. Um, you're a ray of sunshine. I, I think you bloody are love. Was that Bradford? Is that where you're from? Bloody um, Wakefield. Okay, so just, got that um, wrong. Not, yeah, no, no, it's not far from there. It's like 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, Normington is the actual village outside of Wakefield, but which is the actual town. Just demonstra um, it's just demonstrating that the power of being yourself mm. and actually uh, the, the, the fact that people invest in people. And that's really important, oh, I think. Yeah. That actually, yeah. it's not just about, oh, I've got this skill of being a DJ and this skill of being a dancer. Mm. It's, there was something about you that yeah. people really invested. And that, unfortunately, is something like you can't, of course, you can cultivate it slightly over the years, but you can't buy it. You can't do a training and come out with a personality that people in, that want to invest well, in. Well, I, I, what I have done is I've taken the things that everyone used to hate about me as a child and give me grief about and made it the thing that I make loads of money out of. I get mm. to travel the world out of, I get to dress up and be fabulous and live out my oh dreams. Oh my God, who's of. laughing so now? I'm like, so I'm like, I was like, oh, you don't like that. Yeah. I was like, you know, and I, I get booked to, and I've kind of, um, I've turned the homophobia on its head. So I'm very, I'm in on the joke. I'm in on the, the game of it. So I'll get booked by, I'm almost like a renter gay. For like some, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. For like, for like, some bougie like straight events or whatever where they have me as like a DJ or whatever and I'll camp it up and be more fabulous oh than God, nor I normally would because I'm performing yeah. I'm a performer it's it's a facet of me mm. but I'm not that all the time yeah. so I just use that to my advantage my favourite like, is a gay DJ space cowboy that was my favourite oh that that was a strong look that was my <laughs> I think that was my favourite look as well I love that Darren that can, was wicked. can I ask looking back yes. is there anything that you would change or do differently anything um you can burst into song if you if you wish um, hmm. i you know the, the the okay the one the one thing that i always think that i would have was uh, i got into london studio center after italia conti and i had um i did three years at conti's and i did like a year at studios and there was an offering to do another couple of years. So because all my friends were out and working and dancing and things like that, I was like, oh no, I want to be working and doing things. And I could have done another two years of formal professional training. So I always kind of think, oh, I wish I had stuck at that and done that. However, what, because then I was like, oh, you know, I would have just gone straight into a Western show. and that mm. would, But then maybe I wouldn't have done 
I wouldn't have gone on the um the journey that I did go mm. on, which was I started out doing cruise ships and pantos and things, and then I was in a ballet of a feature film, um, which was amazing, and then did Irish dance shows and then did like musical shows and dancing for artists and then choreographing. So I I because because I wasn't like this perfect polished little thing. And also because I'm I'm five foot eight and a half, um, the whole world knows now. And, <laughs> um, I, I'm like a, a slight little gender fluidy thing. You know, when you see like Beyonce or whoever, they want these big men behind them, who's like you know who are tall and built and that look a certain way. So because I had to hustle, the hustlers, mm-hmm. which I know you're both very good at, I had. <laughs> um, I had to be like, right, well, I, I I worked as a ballet dancer, a tap dancer, a jazz dancer, a hip hop dancer, a street dancer, um, a disco dancer. I had to do a bit of everything and then choreograph, which has then taught me to be like, right, well, what else? And that's kind of actually yeah. carried me through the rest of my life and career and also nourished me creatively. And um, so I just like ha- have a go, Gary, all my like things, <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's, and during lockdown, that has actually gotten me through. Um, I've taught yoga, I've written, I've done drag, I've DJed. Um, whereas if I just did one thing, I think I would have struggled. Yeah. We're going to do two little quick fire questions now. Oh, it's been an Go. hour already. So the first one is any kind of mantra or quote that you love? Mm-hmm. Gary on Gary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, lols. Um, well, sacred silliness is one. Holding space for joy. I think not to take yourself too seriously. I think just have a laugh. Like it's, if you're not enjoying yourself, then what's the point mm. basically? And apply that to everything. If you're not enjoying, if you're not enjoying a moment that you're in, then what's the point? And you have, and knowing that you have the power to change that and to make it fun mm. and to, you, you know, everything can, everything can be fun. Everything can be enjoyable, you know, it, not to say not to honor the shadow side and the dark sides and things like that, but the day-to-day stuff, like something for me, and I know you said quick fire, Adam, but I go on a, off on a tangent, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like I, I sm- smiling at everybody makes me happy. So smiling mm. at like a bus drive and be like, you're right, mate, hey, up, you're right, which is actually one of my northern things, which is one of the good Aww, things that I, yeah. I brought down with me and have held on to. And also like the smiling and striking up conversations with um with news agents you know if anybody do you, ever, do you get more yorkshire when you talk to bus drivers then i might do maybe i don't know <laughs> ah yeah you're right, yeah, I, think, right. I think i do that a little bit with Brummy. i think i when do i'm you? speaking i don't know why it's when, when, you, when you get angry it's, when i get angry or when i speak to my dad was Can't like a worker you. like he he's yeah. the central heating engineer so i spent a lot of my youth around like workers so whenever i'm around yeah. people that are kind of more manual work workers it reminds me of my Birmingham and I'm like, oh, right, yeah, how you doing, mate? You go, hang on, I'm Yeah, I'm go gone. a little bit more yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I get a bit more laddie and I guess I equate that to my northernness. So I guess I get a bit more like, right. yeah. hey, you're right, you know, so it's that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, pra- practicing little things like that is, mm. um, but ma- other mantras. That'll do, it's that'll quick do. fire. It's, yeah, not, not essay yeah. time, quick fire. Last one then, yeah. what, is, what does yeah. success look like to you? What does success mean for you? Success, I think, lies in gratitude for what you mm. already have, and um, and I have a lot to be grateful for. And I think gratitude, a practice of gratitude, is also one of privilege of being from privilege and being of having privilege around you. So not everybody is there, and being aware of that privilege during that practice of gratitude. But to practice gratitude for what you already have. Um, I already feel super successful though. Oh, I'm like I because I've like yeah. I like won at, I've won at love, Aww. which is I found my one, I found my person. Aww. Um, which you know, and we just have a ball together, and we laugh to laugh every day, Aww. to do some, to nourish your, to I think to laugh every day, to um find joy every day, to be good to yourself, um, and just you know, it's like. Every, um, you know, I'm 40 next year. Um, 
and it's like it's leveling up it's just such a privilege to still be here <laughs> still doing it and still doing new things and finding new exciting ways mm. to um get excited about life and you know um so yeah i think success that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of... You summed it up yeah. so nicely. That was such a nice way to finish. And, and you're where, just sunshine. Where do we need to send... What, what do you want people to know about you? Where to book you? Where to find you? Website, where to hear you? Instagram. Where to watch you? Um, so my Instagram is DJ Darren James Music. For my yoga, which is also on there, um, but Darren James Yoga, which is on Facebook. Um, Darren James Online is my YouTube channel. Um, and those are the three main ones. Well, you can also got, my got, website. Got the website. What's the website? So people can book you for that. My, webs- my website the- is djdarrenjames.com. Um, but you'll have to go through my agent, darling. That's <laughs> the so I don't, I don't deal with the admin these days. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> no, you, no, Darren. So- you, can, you can directly message me. You can on Instagram or something, yeah. Thank you, Darren. Darren Thanks you, for the chat. You stay on the line, but thank you so much for now. We love Formally, you. Goodbye. Thank you for me. We love you. Um, I loved it. Thank you. And keep being the fabulous shining lights you both are. Oh, stop. Honestly unbalanced.